This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friend James Bean and SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com is the number one source for high-quality seeds with a money-back guarantee and lightning-fast shipping. To catch the latest drops from all of your favorite breeders, check out SeedsHereNow.com. Yeah, welcome to the show, podcast world. I'm your host, my friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 775 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I've got a fun show lined up for you. Before we get to the main part of today's podcast, let's do a few shout outs to a few of those great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my friend Glenn Geroni. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Frogman420. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Guido's Grow Room. I want to send a big thank you to my friend Double D. Let's send a thank you shout out to Mid Michigan Micro Grow. Let's send a huge thank you shout out to The Larf Night Rises. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Green Goblin Grows. I want to send a huge thank you and a fist bump to Brian P. Let's send a special thank you shout out to my buddy 311. I want to send a big thank you high five and a shout out to Stone Trout Bum. Let's send a thank you to Grow Dad. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to a longtime supporter, my buddy Godfather Kush. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know, I do include a link in the show notes and in the video descriptions to make it super easy for all of my friends to support the show on Patreon. I do want to continue by saying thank you for all of the great comments on the last YouTube video. That's right. The last episode was about a strain called Grateful Dog. Some of the comments you guys left were great. Keep the comments going. Keep the comments coming on this video. Keep the conversation going in the comments section. I do enjoy that. I love getting the feedback and the reports there in the comments section, uh, seeing the comments, the updates, uh, your enjoyment. I love seeing that. So keep the comments coming. Thank you for all of that stuff. I do also want to let you know that the Halloween sale is live on iReadDirect.com. That's right. By the time this episode comes out, there will be Blueberry Butcher 10-packs and possibly some Arise B-Grade Seed 10-packs available on iReadDirect.com. There are plenty of the Blueberry Butcher seeds, but there are not a lot of the Arise B-Grade seeds. The Arise B-Grade seeds are great seeds. However, they are not as aesthetically pleasing as some of the other seeds. They're a little smaller. Uh, they're not as big. Uh, they're not as round. They're not as perfectly shaped. They're not as tiger-striped, but they do a germination test. They germinate. They grow great plants. They're just not as pretty. We call them B-grade seeds. We sell them for a lower price in bulk bundles. They are available on iReadirect while supplies last. Go check them out. Also, while supplies last, if you do buy a pack of Blueberry Butcher, everybody will get a free 10-pack of uh, Platinum Tangy Cross 2 Jack the Ripper as a free gift, as a thank you for supporting the holiday sale. Also, every order at iReadirect does come with free seeds, extra seeds, freebies, bonus gifts, uh, and that is also included or in addition to your free pack of Platinum Tangy 2 Jack the Ripper. So that is my advertising for the iRead Direct. There's also new merch coming in the merch store. I got some long sleeve t-shirts made. I got some hoodies made. And I also got women's tank tops made that I think look really good, will look really good on the ladies. So make sure you check out the website. 
Look for the merch link and grab the tank tops. They should be posted by the time this episode does come out. Uh, the newsletter is the easiest way to stay updated for all of those merchandise and seed drop updates. To join the newsletter, go to my website, iregenetics.com. You will see on the bottom, there's a, a part where it says, join the newsletter, stay up to date, type in your email address. I will add you to the newsletter that way. That way, when I send out the newsletter, you will get an update about new drops, new strains, new merchandise. You will stay up to date. By the way, Patreon gets all of those updates first, and they also get coupon code. So join the Patreon. You'll get notified of new seed drops very first. Uh, you'll also get uh, notified of the new merchandise drops very first, and you'll also get coupon codes for both. Uh, the reason that the Arise seeds are possibly already sold out on the website is because the patrons got first crack at them. All right, let me find where I am in the notes and keep going here. Um, so recently... It is Halloween season. This episode, I'm going to talk about a couple of scary things. It is the Halloween season. Recently, I got to go to Elitch Gardens in Denver and enjoy their uh, Wicked Witch or their Witch Haunting, something scary, witch, freaky witches night, um, the witches walk or something like that at Elitch's. You know, the Halloween thing that they do, it was pretty damn cool. It was a good time. I got to take uh, Miss Irie or Dread Vibes or Zara, as I know her, got to take her to uh, Elitch's and go to the haunted houses. It was a really good time, guys. I recommend you get blazed and go to a haunted house. Take some dabs and go get scared. That is a really funny feeling, a fun feeling, an exciting feeling. I'm really used to getting blazed and doing the normal day. Love to get blazed and see music. I love to get too lit up and go see comedy. Getting super dabbed out and going through a haunted house was quite an experience. Uh, fun adrenaline, fun giggles. Uh, it's that like running giggle kind of scared that was a good time. Like there's a person with a chainsaw behind me, but you know they're not going to kill you, but something in your mind, you think they might kill you. It was a really good time. So shout out to the haunted house. That was a good time. Also, thanks for not killing us to the killer clown with the chainsaw. What I was getting at is this thought made me think of some funny things. What are some of the scariest things I've ever seen in a grow room? I've seen some pretty scary shit in grow rooms before. So I wanted to just really quickly here go over some of the scary shit that I have seen in grow rooms. The number one scariest thing I have ever seen and have seen in multiple rooms is just basically overloading electrical sockets and electrical currents and electrical panels. You guys, you're not supposed to plug in uh, 2000 watt lights into one receptacle unless it's been upgraded. If that's a normal house receptacle, you're going to melt some shit. You're going to burn some shit. It will either be the receptacle, the wiring, the breaker, something in the breaker box, or you may have just a full blown fire, which does lead me to talking about shit I've seen in breaker boxes. I've seen people put clips on the breaker so the breaker won't flip. You guys don't do that. That is scary. That breaker flips so that nothing else goes wrong. That's your fail safe so you don't get a fire. And I've seen people just put a clip on it so that it stays in place or put a screw behind it so it will not move. What the fuck? That is scary to me, bro. That is scary. I've also seen exposed fans and blowers. I've cut the shit out of my finger on an exposed blower. I had to get 13 stitches in a finger. My fingers aren't that big for 13 stitches. Had to get a lot of stitches because of an exposed blower, but um, exposed fans, exposed blowers, uh, things that are moving, moving parts that are always exposed, scare the shit out of me. That stuff makes me nervous. Uh, other things that have always scared the shit out of me. I've walked into grow rooms and I've seen um, I called it the spider mite teepee center. I was into, I walked into a commercial grow, which I was paid to go help them. The first time I walked in there, I flip in the lights, I walk in and I look and the top colas look like they've got circus tents of spider mites just hanging off of them. That was truly scary. Something inside of that made me want to run and throw up. 
I was overwhelmed by the amount of bugs that I had seen in that room. Um, something else that freaks me out is when I see too much water and electricity next to each other. I see people like reaching in to reservoirs to get pumps and things. And sometimes that scares the shit out of me, just basically freaks me out. I don't know why. Then something that really scares me are automatic trimming machines and wood chippers. That trim machine that's got like, it just looks like a barrel with holes in it. And then it's got a blade, a fan blade that spins and you just set the buds on that. I've seen people fuck themselves up with that thing so many times. It is the Trim Reaper. Uh, I've seen it trim as many fingers and dreadlocks and elbows as I have weed. That thing is fucking scary. I had a coworker. We won't say his name. Shout out, bro, if you listen to this. We had to run all of the old sticks and all the leftover through a wood chipper. And this dude would stick his fucking hand in the wood chipper and unclog it. That was some of the scariest shit that I would ever see in a grow environment. Watching that dude stick his hand in there. Um, sometimes walking through with the MED could be quite scary or the health department or the fire department doing inspections could be scary. But honestly, the scariest thing I've ever encountered in a commercial or personal grow was I was in a really large commercial grow facility and the power went out and I'm not afraid of the dark, but something about being in that giant cultivation facility. And I didn't remember when the power went out, I went, which room am I in? Am I in room A or B or C? And where's the fucking door? How do I get out of here? It took a little while for me to figure out my way out of that room without running into tables, tripping over lines. That was kind of scary. That really did freak me out. So that's some of the scariest shit that I've seen in grow rooms. Just wanted to ramble for a minute about that. Um, I'm sure that since the Halloween season is coming up, everybody's in spooky mode. I wanted to participate. Now it's the time for me to segue. I want to give a shout out to my friends at the DGC, the Dude Grow Show. Shout out to the Dude Grow Show. I was recently on their podcast. People have been asking, when will it come out? Well, guess what, bro? That episode is now available. In that episode, we talk a little bit about, uh, they have a debate. They call it herm seed or bag seed. In my opinion, uh, it is bag seed because we don't know if that seed derived from an intersex plant or if that seed arrived or derived from pollen or stress. We don't know what caused that seed. So we call that a bag seed. In my opinion, we go very in depth in that on the dude grow show real briefly here. I'm going to tell you something that I really agree with. If you have bag seeds, people say, what should I do with these bag seeds? My advice is grow them. Always grow those bag seeds. Pay attention to them. They could be crazy. They could be terrible. They could be amazing. You don't know what you've got until you grow it. Bag seeds are like a major gamble. It's like a lottery ticket. You could have just grown some trash or you could have grown the winner. Let's talk about the winners that have come from bag seed. Do you realize that Gorilla Glue number four was technically bag seed? That was an accidental pollination. It wasn't meant to happen. Those seeds were taken out of the bag of weed. That is bag seed. You guys, Golden Goat was accidental pollination and is technically bag seed. Now let's blow everybody's mind. All of the chem dog crosses, I've said this before, chem four, chem 91, chem D, chem cis, those are all bag seed. If you don't know the story of chem dog and the legend of the 13 beans, I highly recommend you do some cannabis research and learn about chem dog and the legend of the 13 beans. A dude named chem acquired some herb. There's a longer story to this. In that herb, there were some seeds. His name wasn't Chemdog yet. He had another name. What's up, dude? Uh, I'm not even going to say your name. Uh, but our friend had a different name. And then he acquired these seeds from some weed that they called. Some people called it the Chemweed. Some people called it the Dog Butt. It got called Chemdog. The guy that later became Chemdog got some of that weed from some guys at a Grateful Dead show in Colorado. He liked it so much he made connects with them. Later on, allegedly, they shipped him some of the weed. Within that weed, there were 13 seeds. 
He grew some of those seeds. That is where the Chem Dog line all came from. The Chem 91 obviously popped in 91. Chem D, there was probably A, B, C, and D, right? Uh, there was Chem Sister. That's kind of obvious. So there were different phenotypes of the chem that came from different seeds. Those were bag seed. Now that chem stuff is in almost everything we breed with, grow, smoke, and enjoy today. Chem or Kush is in everything. So my advice to you, the quick version, which is already the long version, is grow those bag seeds, but be careful because you don't know what you've got. Do you have gold or do you have absolute trash? Just pay attention as you grow it. You could have watch out for intersects, watch out for mutations, but also watch out for the fucking winner. All right, let me move on from talking about the Dude Grow Show. You can watch that episode to see my full rant on that show. Of course, once again, thanks to my friends at the Dude Grow Show. Big up to Scotty, big up to the dude. And of course, shout out to my buddy, Graham Bo. All right, let's move forward and talk about some other things on my mind lately. Uh, there are a lot of new commercial grows coming on the market in other states and other locations. And with that means a lot of people are acquiring clones. Something I'm seeing is that people are very skeptical on bringing in clones into their new commercial facility because they are afraid that they are going to get clones with problems. They want to know how to buy clones that are problem free. How do I know that these clones I'm getting don't have any issues? That is a very good question. There's one, one quick way to do it is to get a magnifying glass and give it an inspection, give it a check, but you're not going to see all of the problems. You're not going to be able to see everything, especially some of the viruses that are in plants. Now you cannot see hoplate and viroid with a magnifying glass. You've got to do some lab testing for that. So basically the quick rundown that I would do is I would get the clones on a tray. I just pull a few random out and give them a visual inspection with the magnifying glass. Do I see any spider mites? Do I see any thrips? Do I see any fungus gnats? Do I see any white flies? Do I see any powdery mildew? Give it a basic look. Give it a basic oversight. The thing is, the people that sold you these clones know you're going to do that, so they've dunked them and treated them right before they brought them to you, so there's nothing visually detectable on these clones. Now, you're going to think, good, they look clean, but that is where you're going to go wrong. In my opinion, my experience, my advice is to treat every incoming plant as is, as if it has got every single problem imaginable on that plant. It is your responsibility as the farmer to make sure that the incoming plants in your grow do not contaminate the existing plants in your current grow space. So when they come in, it is up to you to treat them. Make sure you do something. I'm not going to give you too much advice on what to do right now. I don't know what is legal or ethical in your area, your market, your environment. I don't know what you're allowed to use with your Department of Health and Department of Agriculture. I don't know what level of toxicity you are comfortable using, but I recommend treating every plant that comes into that facility with some sort of regimen, some sort of quarantine and some sort of pesticide and fungicide regimen and be aggressive about it when they come in. Now, the first thing I would do is when I get one of those clones, what I would really like is a hop latent viroid test with those clones before I purchase them from a reliable clone vendor. If you're in a commercial industry, the person that is selling them to you has a license. They've got the money to pay for a clone uh, hop latent viroid test. Maybe they'll split the cost of the testing with you since you're going to buy them. They're going to sell them. It's not that expensive and it is worth it. So get your hop latent viroid test done. Then if you do get hoplite and viroid from that clone in the future or from that plant suspected, then you know that you got it tested. Or if you didn't get it tested, you know that it came from that grower. Hopefully you've got somebody to communicate with. You can let them know, hey, bro, you've got hoplite and viroid in your grow. We all need to do something about it. You got to let everybody down the line know where those clones went. 
It's kind of like getting a, a bad STD test, you guys. So when you look at these clones, it's just like looking at a potential partner and saying, no, nah, you look clean. The clones are the same way, bro. You cannot do an STD test or a clone cleanliness test completely visually. It's not 100% reliable. So the first thing I would do, ask for that hoplatin viroid test. Can you get that test? If they've got that, you're golden. If you've got that test and you come back later with viroid, you've got a lot of questions to ask the lab, the seller, and yourself, of course. Uh, but if they don't have that, then you've got to move forward with your own discretion. Do you trust this seller? Are they reliable? Have they been around? Now I'm talking about reliable. One thing that really um, concerns me when I buy clones is do you know what you are getting? Are you really going to get Skittles? Are you really going to get gelato? Are you going to get just a bunch of random plants that this guy has that wants to sell them to you? One of the most important things is develop a relationship, build trust with somebody which you were buying clones from. These clones are going to supply your commercial facility. These are your money, your investment, your business. Put some love, some care, some work, and some detail into it. Develop a relationship with the clone seller. Don't just money, clones, check you next time. Talk to them, learn them, learn what kind of clones they have, learn about their business ethics, research them, do some research. Have any of your other business partners done business with them and how did those plants come out? Have they been around long enough to have a good or bad reputation? Keep that in mind. Maybe if they're brand new, maybe you're really helping them get started. And in the future, you'll have a strong relationship with one of the first clone vendors in your area. But to get myself back on track and keep me on the point, when you were talking about these clones originally, when you're negotiating the price and the amount of clones and the strains, ask for that hop latent viroid test. If they can give you that, you're golden. You're ready to rock. Then even when you do get those clones, look at them, give them that visual assessment. Like I said, they probably washed them off right before they tried to sell them to you. Or yeah, right before they tried to sell them to you, they probably cleaned them. Just like if you're going to sell a guitar or a car, you go give it an oil change and run it through the car wash right before the buyer comes. That way it looks brand new. It looks super clean. It sells a little better. They're going to do that to your clones as well. You've got to give them a visual inspection. Before you take them to your facility main area, to your main grow, have some sort of a quarantine intake procedure and place in place already. Where are they going to go? How are they going to get treated? How long will they be there? How are you going to give them light? How are you going to give them dark? And how will you give them water while they're in that space? How do you provide the proper environment for these plants in a quarantine condition? Most of us have a big, crazy grow space. We don't think about a small quarantine cell for incoming plants. However much space you may need for however many plants you're getting, you may want to quarantine them. So get them, inspect them, quarantine them. Now begin your treatment regimen. Most of the time, these clones won't make it to the general population for at least a week, maybe 7, 10, maybe 14 days before they get into the big room with everybody else. The minute they come into my facility, the front door, they go to that quarantine room, and then guess what? I'm hand spraying them with a hand pump sprayer with the best pesticides that I can legally and ethically apply to those plants. Then I will repeat as necessary based on uh, the products that I'm using, probably every three, maybe every four days. I'll repeat that for 15 days-ish. They'll get five sprays. Then they go into general population. So make sure you treat your incoming plants. If you're going to cover them in predator bugs, that is a good way to do it as well. Put the predators right on those plants. Let them develop. In a future episode, we're going to talk about a releasing predator and selecting predator bugs as well. Shout out to my buddy Lemur for the great uh, inspiration on that show. But you can use predator bugs as well. Just make sure you have a lot of them ready to go. Uh, you don't want them to have to build themselves up to fight the army that you already brought in. You want them there prepared, hungry, ready to attack any predators that do show 
up. But the bottom line is to remember that when you're buying clones, it is your responsibility to make sure that those clones are clean. Every seller is going to say, my clones are clean. They may know that they've got bugs or they may not know that they've got bugs. They may know they've got a virus. They may know there's a pathogen. They also may not. And they're going to try to tell you, my clones are clean. My grow is clean. Something I've learned is that the person that brags the most about the cleanest facility probably has the worst bug problem. They just have not found it yet. Everybody gets a bug problem. Don't be embarrassed if you get bugs, spider mites, thrips, whatever. That shit happens. That's part of growing. Learn to adjust, adapt, and over the, overcome those things. You will be a true farmer. Let me check my time, see how long I've been going. That's probably only about 20 minutes. Let's talk real quick. I got one more quick question here. All right, through the power of editing, I did get that organized pretty well. I've got a message here that came from Patreon. Once again, patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. This message came from our friend All Mixed Up, and it goes just like this. I got a used grow tent for free with the lights and everything. The problem is I know there was powdery mildew and spider mites all over that tent and equipment. So you got a free gift, but it came with free problems as well. It says, is it all worth keeping? It kind of depends on your needs and uh, your requirements and your budget, I guess. But yeah, bro, use it. Let's keep it. Let's use it. Let's get it going. But then it says, should I spray it all down with bleach water and hydrogen peroxide? The same goes with the equipment. I've put it in my storage unit. I did not bring it home yet. Thanks, Rasta Jeff. All right. That is a very good question. I see a lot of uh, affordable grow equipment available on uh, Craigslist, available on Facebook Marketplace, especially at the pawn shops and the thrift stores around here. Uh, people are selling grow equipment. People buy grow equipment. They think they're going to be the next grower. They realize it's a lot of work and they sell all their shit for super cheap. Uh, the problem with that is, yes, it does come with problems. There's spider mites and powdery mildew and who knows what else in that stuff. But if it's good stuff, you can clean it and you can use most of those products. I would definitely recommend replacing all of the light bulbs. If you've got screw in bulbs, if it's LEDs, keep rocking. Those are good. But if you got like high pressure sodiums or metal halides, definitely unscrew those bulbs, put in a new bulb because you never have any idea how long that bulb's been in there. Put a freshie in there. I also would not recommend, and you're, you didn't say you're going to do this, but this is just peace of mind. I would not recommend using bottled nutrients that you bought from somebody that are open. You never know what could have happened, how long they've been sitting there, what could have got splashed into it, if it could have dried up, if some could have evaporated. Uh, how long has it been there? Is it expired? Uh, chelated and buffered or chelated and buffered nutrients. Shout out to all my Canadian friends. Buffered nutrients will bind together over time if they are sitting there too long. They do have an expiration date. So pay attention to that. I would not use those uh, recycled and gifted and leftover bottled nutrients or the powders even for that matter. But uh, most of the equipment and stuff, I think you could probably use. I would sanitize it. Uh, you said you put it in your storage shed. I don't know where you live. If you put something in a storage shed in Colorado this summer, any bugs, powdery mildew, most of that shit probably got cooked. It got microwaved, barbecued by the natural heat. It's probably 150 or 170 degrees in a storage shed this summer if you didn't have any sort of airflow, air conditioning, or anything like that. If you're in Arizona or something like that, your shit got roasted. So maybe that helped you out a little bit. Also, I'm in Colorado. It's about to get winter time. We're gonna get negative 17s and shit. If you've got it in a garage or a storage shed, that may help you kill some of those things. Also, it may help some of them go dormant and stay longer, but extreme temperatures may help you get rid of stuff. Now, I would clean it. I would definitely clean everything. I would shine it 
with, I would spray it with either bleach or hydrogen peroxide or Fizan 20, something really good like that. Just get in there and clean everything. Get in every nook, every cranny. If you've got blowers and fans, I'd get a spray bottle and spray inside of there so you can get everything, everything. You want all of it clean. Then I would set it up. Once it's all completely clean, I'd actually use an air compressor also to get inside and clean out some of the nooks and crannies of everything. Use an air compressor, a couple of Swiffers, a bunch of scrubbing. You can get that shit super clean. Buy a bunch of products, a bunch of whole bunch of cleaning products, and you'll get it done. But clean it up, then set it up. Once you've got it set up, clean it all over again. You're gonna you're gonna find spots that didn't get clean. Clean the inside and the outside, all of the equipment, everything all over again. Then plug it in. Then run it. Let it get real hot with that light on. That light will speed up any cycles. If there are bug or eggs, anything in there that wants to process its life cycle, turning on that light, letting it run, that will encourage that to happen. There are no plants in there at this time, so there's nothing for them to attach to and eat and enjoy so they won't hang out. They'll just go, they'll birth, and they'll go, fuck, I need plants to live on. And they'll go look for some plants to live on, some food to eat, and some other spider mites to breed and mate with. Hopefully, they don't find their way to your other plants. Hopefully, you've cleaned it up enough. Treat your other plants. Be prepared. Now, set it up. Run it. Have an integrated pest management strategy in place and start doing that the minute you set it up and especially the moment you start putting plants in there. I do think you'll be able to clean it up enough because um, I've worked in commercial facilities where we've purchased old warehouses and gutted them and turned those into cultivation facilities. I know we didn't get rid of all of the old drywall, the old electrical wires, the old conduit. We didn't get rid of everything. The building, the facade of the building still exists. We just changed everything inside. There were still opportunities for spider mites, fungus gnats, thrips, white flies, mold, powdery mildew. All that shit could still get in there. Once you clean real well, the next step is taking care of the plants, the integrated pest management system. Manage your airflow, manage your intake, your outtake, your vapor pressure deficit, then treat the plants with a routine pest management system. I don't, if it's sprays or if it's uh, live bugs, predator bugs, whatever you want to do, organics, however you want to do it, treat that way, but make sure you stay on top of it. And then over time, you'll be confident that you've destroyed all the bugs that did come with that tent, if any of them did survive your cleaning. So clean the shit out of it. And I do think that you can use it again. Um, if you're going to use anything that is electrical, I highly recommend that you inspect all of the electrical components, the lights, the blowers, air conditioners, just give it a good inspection. Make sure nothing got burnt, nothing got no char marks or anything like that. Make sure everything's tight. Pay attention to it the first couple times you plug it in and watch it. Make sure nothing sparks, arcs, burns, squeals, nothing like that. Just keep a good eye on it because it's used gear. You don't know why. Maybe you do know why they got rid of it, but other people listening may have gotten gear and they don't know why that person gave it to them or they got rid of it at the thrift store. Pay attention to it. Make sure you don't burn down your house with used equipment that came from some other person's grow. All right, let me check my notes. Make sure I got it all. Inspect, replace the bulbs. Don't use the nutrients. That's the most important part. Um, yeah, I think I covered the notes for this one. My dude, 311, I hope your new grow tent is cleaned and set up and rocking. Would love to see some pictures. If you need some seeds, please do reach out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, commercial growers, and tent cultivators. I do want to thank you once again for listening to episode, uh, what was it? 774 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, I would love to hear from you. The email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Please do reach out. Let me know those questions. Send me the corrections and also update me with your concerns. We'll talk about it right here on this 
podcast. Of course, do keep those comments coming in the comments section right down there. Speak your mind. I love reading that stuff. Keep the conversation alive. Also, make sure you check out Patreon. Once again, that is patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Everything else you could possibly need will be on my website at irigenetics.com. There's a link to Irie Direct where you get the seeds. There's a link to the merch store where you get the hoodies. There's a link to the Discord. Everything you could possibly imagine at irigenetics.com. All right, I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a giant shout out to my buddy OG Purple Thumb. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.